What's happening, everybody? Welcome to a Friday edition of Texans All Access. As you get ready for the weekend, well, for some of you, I guess the weekend's already started. Not for me, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. I'm hosting radio, but you know what? It's cool. It's, it's what I do. So we got radio for you for the next hour, Texans style. And we're going to hear from a lot of Texans tonight. This is one of those shows where we talked about at the beginning of the week. We had media days all Monday. So we had 30 interviews on Monday. So let's play them for you. So we've got a little Thomas Booker the fourth. We've got Alex Bachman, who you will absolutely enjoy. We got Motor Devin Singletary. It's our first time to talk to him, tell you a little story about him uh, a little bit later on. But we're going to kick off tonight's show with a guy that's going into his third year with the Texans. Drafted on day three of 2021. A lot of people scrambling to figure out who Roy Lopez Jr. was. But in the city of Houston, that name traveled quickly. There were a lot, there was a lot of excitement about Roy Lopez. He played up to in 2021. As he started 2022, it wasn't quite there. But the second half of the year, after he had not started for a few games, boy, the light really, I thought, went on for him. Now, there's a big battle at defensive tackle. A big one. There are a lot of guys, when you add in Ridgeway and you add in Rankins to the group that was here last year, boy, it's going to be a really tough nut to crack for these defensive linemen. But Roy came back this year. Body is just in incredible shape. His mind is where you want it to be going into his third year. Uh, he feels refreshed, and he is excited about what is going on with this team. So let's get to it. Mark Vandermeer, me, John Harris, and Roy Lopez chopping it up on a Friday. Let's go. Joining us now in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, it's Roy Lopez. How's it going, Roy? It's going good. It's going Great good. to see you. All right, so you're one of the true veterans on this team, and I feel like you got here 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so how does it feel to you going into year three? Uh, it's awesome. It's exciting. Um, just trying to grow. Um, been the same thing since I got here. Um, but just uh, trying to improve every which way I can, trying to learn from everybody and uh, take bits and pieces. So um, it's exciting, though. You know, you understand why everybody's so excited, you know, because it's every day. Everybody walks in here with a, with a smile on their face, but we understand, you know, the mission's got to get done. So, Okay, I want to zone in on that for a moment because we've heard that from numerous guys about the energy, the vibe. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Not to downgrade or degrade anything that's happened in the past here, but what is this like, this regime? Yeah, it's just, you know, everybody's excited. Like I keep saying, everybody's just excited because um, you look around and you're like, okay, we're we're kind of stacked right now, you know, and it is something to look forward to. You know, you just look around, you see all these players, and, and everybody's making plays and, and but flying around and happy for each other. You know, I think that's the, the biggest thing is is you look at our film and, and everybody's celebrating. Everybody's, you know, um, competing, but health, healthy competing, you know, and mm -hmm. it's uh, it's come to the point where, you know, um, you look back on everything, and you're like, man, you know, it's it's come a long way, you know. And yeah. but but it's, but it's fun to be here. It's um it's fun to be on this team, fun to be on this D line. So, just looking to grow. Let's focus on you for a second. Roy Lopez wearing number seventy nine, first OTAs, walking in the building. I don't know if you've ever been to Houston at that point. Roy Lopez sitting here today. How are those two different? Just um, not too much to be honest. Besides of the work and everything I've learned along yeah. the way. Um, but 
as far as being the same and being different, my mindset's still the same. I'm still walking in here as a six-round pick, still yeah. walking in as a guy that has to prove himself every day. And that'll never change, you right. know. And that's been my process my whole career since elementary school, yeah. you know. So just always proving yourself every day and, and connecting with the guys is something that, you know, I've I've been able to create relationships that I'll have for the rest of my life, you know. So um, it's been great. But just to be able to grow, I've learned so much these first two years about football, myself. Yeah. Like, it's um, it's crazy when you understand the, the difference Mm-hmm. that playing time and being a vet can, you know, do to you. So, Roy Lopez with us. How is this system different for what you do? Yeah, it's um they're known for their D-line. You know, you watch you watch the Niners, their front seven's amazing, you know, and that's just cuz they play like their hair's on fire, you know. So, that's something that we we watch past defenses with this scheme and, and that's what they do. They get off the ball, they get off the rock, and they penetrate and uh look to make plays, you know. So, that's the biggest thing you see guys you know, go from one system to the other. Um, example, Javon Hargraves from Philly to San Fran. You know, all he's doing is just creating havoc, you know. So he's he's, he's going to be able to instill that over there. And, and we get a guy um, like Sheldon to come out here, and, and, you know, he's played in the system before. And Malik Collins, you, you see these guys compete every rep at practice. It's something that, you know, is being instilled in us every day. And so it's just something to grow on, something to be excited about, attack. So Roy's a defensive lineman. They're, I mean, I think probably fans talk about, ah, you know, you can probably eat whatever you want, you know, just kind of <laughs> beef up and be beefy and all that. But one thing I said to Mark the other day was, and I hope this comes out the right way, your body has transformed since you've been here. A, why was that, or A, was that a goal? And B, why was that a goal for you to sort of transform your body to get it to where it is today? Because you're a lean, mean fighting machine. Not that you were fat when you got here, but mm-hmm. there's, there's a difference in your body sculpture now than what it was. Yeah, just kind of listen to everybody around me. You know, the vets that have been here for a long time and been in the league a long time, um, they kind of express the importance of taking care of your body, changing your body composition and everything like that, just trying to trim the fat, being as fast as you can, explosive as you can. So I think that was just the goal. And uh, just trying to grow speed, foot speed, everything. And, um, you know, this this game is played at a very fast pace, you know, and being in shape and, and you know, you can't just keep tapping your helmet to come off the field. <laughs> you you got to stay in there. So you got to be in shape and just being able to grow. And out here in this humidity, you know, it's not mm. that hard. Yeah, you know, right. to sweat off some fat. So, <laughs> um, but that's that's the biggest thing is just I just grew up, you yeah. know, and, and changed the way I eat, changed the way I train, everything like that. So, throughout your career, all off season training camp, the majority of reps are against your own team. So, what is it like going up against the new Texans offense? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, playing against playing against the guards we got with Shaq Mason and, and Kenyon Green. You, know, you see a vet and you see a young guy, and it's like you know, but they're they're both very very smart def- I mean offensive linemen and, and, and they understand their strengths and they play to them you know and uh, being able to ha- have Sha- Shaq Mason you know go against Shaq Mason it's like man you see this guy on film for years you know mm-hmm. and it's like it's crazy to to line up across from him you know he does little vet things and I'll look at him and laugh and he'll laugh you know because we understand like okay you got me that rep you know and mm-hmm. it's just you know line back up and, and it's a competitive like healthy competitiveness that we built that Okay, if you give me, I'm gonna laugh at you, but we're gonna line it up again, you know. And mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing that I've taken away from going against these guys and and being able to see Titus and, and LT go at it again another season is, is some of the that's probably the best tackle duo in the league, you know. So there's nothing more fun to watch than those two guys. So. Roy, when we used to talk to 
it's funny when DeAndre Hopkins used to be a Texan here, we would ask him, Hey, who, who do you talk to, you know, when you come back to the sidelines? And he made a comment one time about the first person that he would talk to when he came back to the sidelines was Jonathan Joseph. And I'm like, well, why would a wide receiver go talk to D? Like, that's the first guy. Because J.J. would be that guy to give him kind of that, that knowledge. Do you guys as defensive linemen kind of share with the offensive linemen? You talked about Shaq Mason. Do you guys, I don't know whether you go to dinner or not, but just kind of walk over to the sidelines and say, hey, what were you trying to do to me on that particular rep? Do you guys kind of have a relationship like that with the offensive line where you guys are kind of sharing some of those notes? Oh, uh, every day. Every day we're in the cafeteria and we'll – after practice, we'll go eat and and we'll, what do you see? Why are you, why are you setting me like that? Yeah. What do you what are you trying to take away? What's your what's your thought process? Why mm -hmm. is this not working when I do this? You know stuff like that. And then same same for them. You know what did you see? Was I leaning? Was I giving away? What what's what's making you do those moves? You know. Yeah. And so, um, just literally trying to be as good as we can. Yeah. And for for the purpose of the team, but individually, just trying to you know. Like I said, it's a stacked roster, so pull your weight, you know, because there's there's ball players all around this field now, and it, yeah. it's something that, um, again, it's so fun to be a part of, yeah. you know. So, Roy, how have you grown with Houston? How have you assimilated into the city in the last couple of years? It's been amazing. You know, that's probably one of my favorite things about being here <laughs> is uh, just I've done so many different events and got to meet so many people. And uh, the rodeos out here, that was cool. I got to meet Cody Johnson this offseason. Mm. Um, that was sick. Yeah, I, I still smile about it. I'm going to go see him again in a couple of weeks just because you know, I love Cody. But, um, yeah, it's been amazing, especially coming from Hispanic background. It's, um, out here, um, I didn't know there were so many. And, and, mm. and being able to go to these events and, and see little kids and, you know, they say my name and it's like, man, you know who I am? You know, it's crazy. And, and you know, I do book readings and, and you look out to, to, the, to the kids and they literally, they could care less about what words you're saying. You know, yeah. they're just infatuated with the jersey you're wearing and everything like that. So just being able to, to you know, be the kid with them, you know. And, and again, I grew up around the game, um, family, football coaches, and, and everything was just, I was always the kid looking up to high school football players, you know, and, to become full circle now it's like you know i'm sitting here talking to high school football players you know and they're staring at me you know bright-eyed it's uh it's amazing so how's your pops family they're good they're amazing they're, he's every they're game. excited he's at every game he is i think he beats me to the game which beats us i mean it's he, <laughs> it's nuts to, but he he's he, uh, there every single game he uh he's the first one at the gate as yep. soon as it opens he walks in um he doesn't want to miss my pregame warm-up it's been that way since i've been in college um he uh he can't sit still my mom's the same way they can't sit still my sisters but um yeah it's uh it's something that i don't take for granted it's something that all of my teammates have expressed to me like man you're blessed man it's yeah. uh that's not normal right you know and then it's something you know, i hold very close to my heart and thank you for Noticing it and bringing it up, nah, it's, it's awesome. I don't know who gets to the stadium earlier, but they get to the stadium at the same time. Your dad and Sting's dad, mm -hmm. mom and dad. I'm like, they're they're in the stadium before anybody. Like, when I'm doing my mic check, I look up and I'm like, okay, there's Roy's family and there's Sting's yeah. family. Like, they're there before that. And I love, does he ever get, do they give you, like, notes? Like, hey, I watch you pregame, you look a little slow. Or do they give you, like, those things? So, or is he wait for after the game so and do I'll, that? I'll go do my warm-up and I'll come, you know, give him a dab and give him a hug and... But he never says slow. I don't think he tries to put yeah, that right, in my head. Right, you know right, what right. I mean? He's like, you look explosive. You look fast. You look good. You know, and how's, your, how's your feet? How's your hands? How you, you feel good? You feel yeah. And, and then I'll get into the locker room. 
about 10 minutes go by, and then, like I say, he can't sit still, right? So he'll text me, he'll, you know? <laughs> and it's, uh, my dad texts funny, too. He does a lot of spaces, apostrophes, yeah, emojis, you know? Exactly. He's, uh, but uh, he's fired up, you know, yeah. and you can feel it, you know? Yeah. And I get the same from my deals, my uncles, my mom, my sisters. I get texts from everybody, and it's something that... Trust me, I, I I don't take for granted. I love it so much every single Sunday, and, and you can feel the energy through their text message because they they can't express any other way, you know. Right. So it's uh, I love it. What are you doing with the break between mini camp and training camp? We we'll go home. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm gonna go see Cody Johnson. Um, yeah. I think that's next week. But um, and then after that, lock in, uh, train at home, and and get ready. Probably come out here a week early before camp and mm-hmm. acclimate to the weather again. Um, but just uh, mentally prepare, mentally get myself ready, uh, physically as well. But you know, it's a, it's a, that's another thing I've learned. It's a long season. It's um, something that you know you got to progress throughout. You know, and it's not mm-hmm. to to peak in camp, not to peak in week one, week two. No, it's it's a long season. It's something you got to grow throughout the year and and stay healthy, take care of your body. So um, I have my routine down, but looking to grow on the routine and, and make sure that it's you know set in stone by the time camp comes around. So once you're out of Houston. And look, I know Arizona's no walk in the park because you're talking triple digits, but that humidity is a little different. So how do you how do you kind of go through the acclimation process, Roy? When you're working out, do you like turn the air conditioning off and just work in your garage? And so that gives you a little bit of a handle on, or how do you acclimate 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 as you go? As as when I'm home, I kind of just I'll train with a hoodie on or, yeah. or one of these a sweat yeah. a sweat uh, jacket on or saunas or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, um, there's a lot of wrestling rooms in Arizona that got the heater on. You know, that's a, that's a wrestling thing. But Yeah, it's a um, wrestling thing. But yeah. um, there's really nothing to prepare too much yeah. for it. You know, it's, mm. it's ridiculous. How do you, you talk know? to the guys about it and they've been through it? Because there's got to be some guys in your room. Like, I, we were talking to Heinrich earlier, and he's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, how do you warn people like that? So my locker is next to Dylan Horton, right? So yeah. I'm telling them, like, hey, man. I know you're feeling good right now, but I'm letting you know camp is camp is crazy. You know, and to prepare yourself, prepare your feet, your hands, hydrate mm. your food. You like that's when routine comes into play yeah. because you'll feel it if you don't prepare your body. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then that's the biggest thing. I just, my other uh, the guy next to Dylan is uh, Ali Gay. So you know, yeah, so yeah. being able to to tell him is like he's he's listening. He's like. You know, and they played ball in Louisiana, and he and, and uh, Dylan played in Texas already. But I'm telling, I'm like, I'm telling you guys, like, this is this is, and it's camp, you know. So every rep, you're giving everything yep. you got, yep. and uh, it's a dogfight, you know. So that's another thing that that adds on top of it is you're so locked in on every rep, so it, that just adds to the heat. The eye in the sky is always watching too. <laughs> Never lies. Never <laughs> lies. And there's no temperature gauge on that thing. You don't <laughs> even lies. know. You're just watching. Yep. Don't That's matter. Right. It right. doesn't matter the temperature. The, uh, the play is going to go on. So, Roy, thanks a lot. Good luck to you. Yes, sir. Thank you. I love that Roy was really excited and honored that I asked about his dad, but it's really true. His dad, his family, the Lopez family, and the Stingley family get there about when we do. When I go out for my walk before the game, where I walk up the sideline, I touch my microphone, all that kind of stuff. As I said, I see them. I see Roy's family. I see Sting's family. And they are there two-plus hours before the game. I mean, it's, it's really impressive and very, very cool. And on Father's Day, well, Sunday. But you get the point. Father's Day, it's really cool. So I think Roy appreciated that. I appreciate talking about his pops because I know I got a great article coming up on Sunday about my dad, a story that – um, I, I can tell, I love telling stories about my pops. Uh, a lot of people know him here in the Houston area. He coached the Lamar Consolidated 
and then he went to Kempner for a while. So happy Father's Day, if I fail to say it on Friday, obviously to my pops, to all you fathers out there. Um, it's a great weekend. Hopefully you guys get a chance to kick back and enjoy uh, a little bit of what you deserve. And moms too. Moms should celebrate every weekend, not just Mother's Day. They should celebrate every weekend as well. Now, we're going to celebrate Devin Singletary because he is up next, the newest Texan. Well, he's one of the newest Texans coming in to compliment Damian Pierce. I think this is going to be a fun duo of Dave, Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce. We'll talk to Singletary next right here on Texans All Access. Appreciate you being with me on a Friday. John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter on Texans All Access. We had a great time talking with Roy Lopez Jr. in our first segment. Now it's time to talk for the first time with our guy Devin Singletary. Back in the offseason, I was doing position breakdowns of each position. Here's who Texas have on the roster. He was coming back. Here are the guys they lost or hadn't resigned. Here are draft picks they could potentially look at, and here are free agents they could potentially look at. And at running back, I came up with four of them. Devin Singletary was one of those guys, and I just felt like he would be the perfect complement to Damian Pierce. They aren't the same size. They are not the same style, but they both can get the ball in the backfield. They both hurt defenses in different ways, and he's been doing it for the Buffalo Bills for a while. And while he's with the Buffalo Bills, my man Sal Capaccio was a huge fan of his. And right after Devin signed with the Texans, I just got a text from Sal. You guys will love Motor. He's awesome. So before we started this interview, we were, tell- we were talking to Devin, and I forgot about that. And I said, oh, man, my man Sal Capaccio signed the report for the Bills. And he goes, man, I love Sal. And I said, well, you're going to love us then. We loved us some Devin Singletary. So let's talk to him right now. Mark, me, Devin. Let's roll. All right, I'm very happy to announce we have Devin Singletary in studio. Welcome to Houston. How's it going? Man, it's going well, going well, man. All right, so I see in that offense, how does this offense fit what you do? Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's perfect. Um, you know, I like to look at myself as a slasher. Um, and that's the type of backs, you know, that's been in this offense is is slasher. So I think it's perfect. And in catching out the backfield, it gives you a lot of opportunity to do that in this offense. And I've done that a lot over the past uh few years. So I think it's perfect. I always thought, though, you need the ball more out of the backfield as a receiver in Buffalo. Now that you're gone, I can say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the playoff game, we're like, are they going to realize that if they give the ball to 26, we're in trouble? Like, that could that could yeah. be trouble if they keep giving it to him. And then they, they stop, thankfully, and we were able yeah. to get, that, get back in that playoff game for sure. But but Mark's right. That part of the offense, Devin, catching the football. Yeah. You know, at FAU, you scored, I think one year you scored like 32 touchdowns, 32 rushing touchdowns. How much of the passing game – were you a part of there, and how much has that part of your game evolved as you've been in the yeah, game? Yeah, man. So FAU, man, uh, Coach Kiffin, uh, especially like my last two years, it, it wasn't big on running backs, you know, catching out the back. Right. We had a few screens here and there, but it wasn't emphasized as running backs catching out the back. Right. Then when I got to Buffalo, you know, it was a lot of that. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So um, I had plenty of time to grow, still growing in it, um, but that's that's when I was able to take my game to the next level. All right, I'm not going to talk Canes here, Johnny, but Ken What's Dorsey, what was it like working for him as the offensive coordinator? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, it, it was it was fun, man. Coach Coach Dorsey, man, smart guy, mm-hmm. great energy every day, um, very competitive. I'll say that very competitive. We all saw the video, yeah. right? Right, very very competitive. Um, but but it, I had fun, you know, playing his offense. It was fun. All right, let's talk about. Damian Pierce, yeah. what are you seeing from him mm-hmm. entering year two? What's it like to be around him, and yeah. what do you observe in his style? Man, uh, first off, I'm going to say his energy that he brings day in and day out. 
man, uh, you could you could tell him he's a dog. Um, and then just being up close, up and close and personal, seeing him work, man, man, he, he brings it every day. Um, we we know he's gonna be a bruiser, but um, he doesn't want to just be labeled that. You you can see him working on all the small things, catching out the backfield, pass pro, you know, whatever it may be. He's he's trying to better his game. So um, you could you could tell he's hungry to be even better than he was last year. Devin, this is. Maybe it's the simplest question I could ask you, maybe with the most difficult answer for you, but why Houston? What made the most sense to you about you picking Houston to come here and play for the Texans in 2023? Yeah, man. So so when I uh, I came here on a visit, um, you know, I got to, got to meet Coach D'Amico and, and some of the other coaches. The, just the energy that I felt when I was around the building. It, it was I'm big on energy. It was, yeah. it was a lot of good energy. Um and and I like I like what Coach Slow brings, you know, coming from San Fran, you know that that type of offense, you know he's gonna put his own twist on it. Um, I, I was thinking about that, and then um, I don't know, something in my heart, something in my gut. I'm a guy that likes to follow his gut. Yeah. It was like this is the place I need to be. This is the place for me. Yeah. All right, I have to ask a weather question because I do this with all the South Florida guys. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of them. The <laughs> South Florida heat and humidity versus Houston, and we haven't quite baked yet, but right. we're getting there. What do you think so far? Man, uh, I would say already it's, it's toe-to-toe, and they keep telling me it's going to get hotter. So mm. I don't know. Houston Houston might have us when it comes to that, <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I mentioned we do have a lot of South Florida guys. So – why, Devin? What is it about South Florida? Like, yeah. why do so many players come out of that area? Miami, Coral Gables. Yeah. I mean, all of uh, Fort Lauderdale. I mean, all the different places that you can. I mean, there are so many players that come out of there. Yeah. Why is that? In your opinion, Man. you've played down there. You played college ball down there. <laughs> why is that area producing and produces so many players? Man, it's something they put in the water. Yeah, nah, no, I'm flying, but. It's just, man, you could play football year-round down there. Yeah, um, true. It, it's, it's very big, um, very competitive from, from a young age. I can just remember from being five and four years old, like, we took it serious. Like, I mean, you were like, playing Pop Warner at four and five years old? Yes, we, wow. we took it serious. Yeah. Like, even on the off-season, we're working out. We, we're with each other. We're on that grind. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's that's the biggest thing, just just how serious we take it down there. Yeah. Delray Beach. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the action is, no question. I mean, you playing down at South Florida high school ball. I can't wait to use to use till you see what playing high school ball in Houston is like because yeah. you'll be able to go to some of the games here. Right. But what was that scene like? Johnny talked about being really young, but yeah. the high school scene, just yeah. being down there, being a part of it on a weekly basis. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not gonna say every game was a tough game, but. You knew you were gonna be going against some guys, yeah. like so. So you had you had to bring it. You right. had to bring it, and that was your mindset going into summer workouts. Like, man, I, if I'm not on my stuff, like I'm gonna get exposed. So week in and week out, it was it was like a big game, and you knew it. FAU, why FAU yeah, instead so, of somewhere um, else? FAU for me, um, kind of like here. They they won me over. They won my grandmother over. <laughs> um, you know, I. And my God, I felt that was the right spot for me. Um, and they and they kept it real with me throughout the whole process. Mm-hmm. And that was big to me. So um, I'm glad. That was probably one of the best decisions I made on going to FAU. But All being right. here in Houston, great spot, great fit. I told I told Devin this. We were talking before you walked in the room, Mark. I saw Devin in the hallway last week. And I could <laughs> see him from a distance. But I didn't know who it was. But I could just tell by the way he's walking. I said, that's Lamar Miller. <laughs> and that's how I knew it was Devin because yeah. that's why I've told you out on the field. 
That's right. who you remind me of. Is Lamar Miller, another South Florida guy. He, you're probably a little quicker. He's a little bit bigger, but your running style, just the way you kind of carry yourself and walk, same, like almost the exact same. But Lamar ended up being here. He was that down in, down out, back. Yeah. Which I know every running back wants to be in some regard, but yeah. you talked about the passing game. You could be a lethal weapon in the passing game, catching 45, 50, 60 passes in this offense. You might yeah. be even more dangerous that way. Yeah, I mean, sure. for me, that, that that's, you know, I'm ready to do whatever, you know, um, so... We'll see. Let's All go. right, Devin, thanks a lot for being with us. Good luck to you. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, motor's going to be fun. Really, really fun. I told him I saw him in a hallway from a distance, and I knew exactly who it was because it reminds me so much of Lamar Miller, just a uh, kind of shrunken-down version, if you will. Uh, motor's got, I think, a little bit more shake, but their running style is very similar. But Lamar... In 2016, when he got here, they really didn't have any other options at running back, so they used him, you know, like an F-150. I mean, they used him for everything. Whereas I felt like they could probably have used him best with a complementary back that could have taken a lot of the carries and given Lamar an opportunity to catch the ball in the backfield. Well, I think Singletary with Damian Pierce here is going to have the right fit. I feel like he's going to catch 40 to 45 passes. He'll carry it 10, 11 times a game. I mean, he's going to have – 13 to 15 touches a game, and I think it's going to be a great thing for the Texans, so I can't wait. But he reminds me a lot of Lamar Miller, just a little bit shorter, smaller, but the same movement, the same walk, the same swagger. I, mean, I don't know, something about those South Florida running backs, man. Uh, but he reminds me a lot of Lamar Miller, and hopefully he can have that kind of success and then some alongside Damian Pierce. Now, coming up, we got a dynamic duo, a little alliteration. Booker and Bachman, Thomas Booker and Alex Bachman. These are fun interviews. We've been looking forward to doing this. We haven't met either guy. So this is good to sit down and talk with Thomas Booker and receiver Alex Bachman. That's next on Texans All Access. We got one final segment this Friday edition of Texans All Access, and we have got a lot to do. I'm your host, John Harris. Glad you're with me. We had a blast talking to Thomas Booker, defensive tackle, fifth rounder at 2022. Let's hear for the first time with us on Texans Radio, Thomas Booker. Thomas Booker joining us in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Thomas, thanks a lot for being with us. Thank you for having me. All right, so we were talking off the year. At one point, you were a Patriots fan. Look, we're going to forgive you for that because you're a Texan <laughs> now. It's all right. We all have a past, I guess. Yeah. Why was this, though? So, um, okay, I think I had a little bit of the Fairweather fan uh, syndrome. You know, the oh, yeah. Patriots winning Super yeah, Bowls and all the, the rest. Right time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Tom Brady was something somebody I definitely like looked up to. That was a legend, still is. Um, and then mm -hmm. I came to my senses after uh, after that giant Super Bowl when they were, you know, oh, undefeated you going in. Mm, okay. Man, that was one of the most frustrating experiences as a fan of my entire life. You were old then. I wasn't. I think I was like seven or eight. My okay. mom has a real visceral mem memory of them losing the game mm -hmm. and then me going back home and, like, taking my jersey off and, like, throwing it down. I was, so, I was mad. <laughs> wow. I was mad. I was upset. Um, so I think that's kind of where the whole competitive edge became very apparent to everybody who was around me. Uh, and then, yeah, I, uh, I came to my senses and decided to go with the hometown squad after that. So the hometown squad, for those that don't know, the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, sir. And Thomas, remind us, week one we were playing the? Baltimore Ravens. And we were playing where? Uh, we were playing in Baltimore. When yeah. you saw that, when you – now, you knew we were playing Baltimore this year. Yeah. You, we yeah. knew that. But the fact that it's week one right out the chute, going back, going back relatively close to home, as you said, where you went to high school – what is that feeling when you saw that pop up on the schedule? What were you thinking? Man, it's uh, it's crazy. It's one of those kind of like full circle moments. You know, it's uh, it's always special to play in a city that you grew up in in general. 
um, but for it to be like the start of the season uh, and having that team is crazy. Like there's so many people that I know are super excited about that. I'm obviously, you know, super, super excited to have that opportunity to go back home and do that like right next to where my high school is. You oh, know, yeah. uh, or close enough to it, probably about 10 minutes away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's super exciting. It's funny, the Ravens uh, facility is in Owings Mills, which is actually right next to my rival high school that I would drive down there to play, like, you know, our rivalry games and all the rest. So definitely a lot of history back home that I'm excited to, uh, That's very cool. to get to play there. That's Thomas cool. Booker joining us. All right, forget about football. Let's focus on the important things, the wire. Uh, <laughs> so... People in Baltimore, do they take pride in the wire or do they not like the depiction of Baltimore from the wire? How does all that work? So that's a great question. I personally have not watched the show. I've seen okay. a bunch of excerpts of it. I know it's legendary. People talk about it being like top three up there with like Breaking Bad and yeah. like Game of Thrones, that sort of thing. But I think what people get upset about who are from Baltimore is like that is the that is the claim to fame for a lot of people that they associate with Baltimore. Yeah. So, like, when, when you first tell somebody, oh, I'm from Baltimore, first thing they ask, like, oh, like, that's that's where The Wire was shot. Like, is it really like that? <laughs> and it's like, no, it's not really like that. I think all cities have their yeah. specific, like, sections like that. But um, I think in general, like, everybody's like, yeah, it's a great show, but, like, I wish that that wasn't the only thing that right. people knew about uh, about Baltimore. So, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a love-hate relationship a little bit. I do need to watch that show, though. You do need to watch it. I need it. to watch it. I Have you seen it. all the others, like Game of Thrones, all the ones you mentioned, so Breaking I've Bad? Seen, so I've seen Breaking Bad. Breaking Good. Bad was fire. Um, yep. I took Straight a while fire. for that one, um, yep. but I understand the hype now. I get it. Yep. Uh, Game of Thrones is a little bit slow for me at the beginning. Don't worry. Don't even watch it. Don't even watch it. No, I'm serious. It ends so badly. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. The it, ending was very unsatisfactory. Yeah. I so. speed watched it and everybody doesn't like that I did that. I okay. Can't so so how, do you how do you speed watch? Yeah, well, when they're walking through the woods, I just, you know, I, I'll, uh, I'll speed watch that and I wait for the dialogue and if I think I missed something I can rewind, but that way you can watch an episode in half the time, gotcha. usually. There's yeah. a lot of wasted footage in Game of Thrones. A lot of people are hating me right now. Anyway, Jay. So if you like Breaking Bad, you do Better Call Saul? So I actually was about to watch Better Call Saul. That's the next, like, uh... First couple seasons are a little slow, but once you get past that, my son, who watched both of them with me, my son's 23, he says okay. it's better than Breaking Bad. So, really? So I've heard yeah. that, too. And, I, yeah. and Saul's a really interesting character, so I'm going to definitely the, take that one. The, char the, the, the character building in Better Call Saul, because you're looking back at the same time as you're looking ahead, yeah. it, it's kind of an interesting dynamic Go right in to season way. three. Right. Skip, skip the first two seasons. See, Trust me, I feel like you don't actually watch shows. I feel <laughs> like he did speed watch. That's, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but then you leave Baltimore... And you go to Stanford. Yes. All the way across country. Yes, sir. Uh, a, why? And B, what? B, why? Why Stanford? Yeah, so for me, um, when I was coming out of high school and, like, I was starting to get offers and all the rest, and I knew I was going to be able to play Division One. that was probably around, like, sophomore year when I started getting offers. My first one was actually uh, from Michigan. So after that happened, I realized, like, I can do this. Yeah. Um, I went to a really, really academically rigorous high school. Mm -hmm. um, Gilman's a really, really academically rigorous high school. Um, so I, I knew that I wanted to have a similar experience when I went to college. I didn't want to really have to compromise on whether I went to a great school or played great football. So for, uh, for me, that kind of like narrowed down my choices. So it was really like, you know, Notre Dame, Stanford, Duke, like Virginia, those types of schools were what I was going to be looking for. Um, so for me, like I was always into technology as well. Oh yeah. Right. So like, uh, I wanted to be a tech CEO, like probably before anything else. You know, um, I used to pick up all the books about Android and Google, and I kept on seeing, like, names pop up, Eric Schmidt, 
uh, Sergey Brin, like all these guys, and they all had some sort of tie back to Stanford. Mm. So immediately I was starting to think, you know, Steve Jobs also took classes there, all the rest. Like I started to think, all right, like if I'm super interested in this lane, then, mm. you know, Stanford sounds like a great place to be. It's in California. It's sunny. Yeah. I don't have to deal with the humidity as much. Yeah. Uh, and then they play great football. You yeah. know, you see Andrew Luck. You see Bryce Love. You see Christian McCaffrey, Solomon Thomas, um, Doug Baldwin, Richard Sherman, all those guys um, come out of Stanford. Like, you literally have the best of both worlds. You've got guys yeah. that are world-class intellects but also, you know, can play on Sundays and dominate on Sundays. Yep. So that's kind of what I wanted for myself because I feel like I had – a smaller version of that at the high school where I went to. Yep. One more question. What's give me a thing or two that you're looking to do personally this year to take that jump. I think, I think for me, uh, it's just being a more natural pass rusher. Mm -hmm. um, and that usually just comes with like having about two to three moves that you're super, super comfortable with and super confident with, you know? So that's for me, it's just getting in and grinding and uh, having my two or three things that I like to go to my power, my, my power rush move, my finesse outside rush move, the way I get to my inside move, all that, so that it comes as muscle memory versus like having to really think about it. You know, football is very much a muscle memory, instinctual sport, and you know you get better at it through reps. So right. that's definitely one of the things that I want to get better at, um, and then just becoming a more consistent player, um, down from down. You know, being able to be out there three downs in a row, being able to play the run on first and second and down, and then being able to rush the passer, um, and be high level of both of those things. You know, I think that. In general, um, what I've seen like separates good players from great players in the league is consistency. People have flashes. Uh, everybody has flashes. You know, everybody has that one play where, oh my gosh, I didn't expect that from him. Whatever. If you can do that repeatedly, game after game, year after year, that's what separates you. You know, so I want to be able to become more consistent because that's, you know, I know I have the flashes of potential. I know I have the potential, but can I have that show up on tape on a down by down, game by game basis? That's what I'm trying to work on. Well, thanks, Thomas, for joining us. Good luck to you. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Had a great time with Thomas Booker and also had a great time with Alex Bachman. I had a little surprise for him. I know one of his professors at Wake Forest. Let's go. Alex Bachman joining us. And um, I made a crack about Bachman Turner Overdrive. So how often has that happened in your life? People talk about Bachman Turner Overdrive because I don't know too many Bachmans. I just don't. So when I saw you were on the squad, I was thinking, all right. Here we go. It's usually not from a, a player. It's usually from a, a coach. <laughs> An older from person. Older I got a it. Seasoned, yeah. A seasoned yes. vet in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Alex, longer story. I'll try to keep it short. But I was in a Bear Bryant Award meeting in which we picked a college coach of the year. And there was somebody who had been on a call. And we were kind of chit-chatting. And he knew I was with the Texas. He's like, oh, hey, you got one of my favorite students. And I was like, Dave, Dave Gorin. Dave Gorin was he was like, man, you'll love him. He was one of my favorite students. So what class did you take with Dave Gorin, who's the head of the National Sports Writers and Sports Broadcasters Association? Because he's on that crew. What what class did you take with him at Wake Forest? It was a sports broadcasting class. So you want to mm -hmm. do this? That was I, I majored in communication. Yeah. So I could talk sports for days. So I always, you know, going into college trying to think of what I would do besides play football. I would never look at talking sports as really a job. Right. It would just be something I love doing. I grew up, you know, doing debates. Me and one of my former teammates, uh, Justin Cernati, with the Broncos, yeah, always yeah. joked that we would, you know, be the next Skip Bayless and Stephen <laughs> A. Smith, you know, duo talking about yeah. sports. It's always debating. Yeah. Debating, you know, LeBron versus Jordan, all these different, you know, topics and sports. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, actually, I interned for for Dave as well. Yeah. Uh, for a summer, so I got to. Uh, 
interview you know a lot of the top broadcasters and stuff that was a really cool experience yeah, very cool who do you like as broadcasters i mean who stands out to you um when you're watching tv when you're any sport digesting any sport. the different sports is there anybody that yeah rings uh, a bell or um i mean uh chris collinsworth mm -hmm. um he's good yeah he's one of the guys that uh I think growing up, I just always thought he was, um, he really knew the game, mm -hmm. you know, inside and out. Um, it's been, I mean, obviously coming into college, just seeing Tony Romo as a, you know, yeah. uh, broadcaster and just like the experience he's kind of given fans. And, and that's kind of like, you know, I thought like, you know, I could do something with that. If I really know the game in and out and I'm with the game long enough, I could provide that from a receiver aspect. Very um, nice. So. We we talk about this, and obviously we are a little bit seasoned. So when we were growing up, we would have to speak into that means old, by the yeah, way. We yeah. would we would speak into a you know a recorder, and we'd hit the two buttons, and you know if we wanted to hear ourselves. As you were growing up, what kind of did you do some of those things where you would you know I don't know get in front of you, grab a mic, and just talk about something that was happening? Did you kind of go through that as a kid? What kind of spurred on you know your thoughts about you know being a sports broadcaster? I actually would be outside in my backyard just throwing the football to myself and calling call, the, call the action while I was doing the action. Oh, like the, that's I'll, awesome. I'll be five, six, six years old, out back. It'd be pouring rain. Mm -hmm. I'll be out back throwing the football in the air, catching it, Yeah, acting like, you know, I, w I grew up a huge Florida State fan, Yeah, funny enough, because my mom went there. Oh, yeah. And okay. so, um, Gene you know, Deckerhoff. Yeah, so I'd be like acting like I was, you know. Um, Chris Wanky, yeah, Charlie Chris, Ward. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Ward, uh, yeah. work done, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, all those uh, guys that played back back in the 90s. Um, so that's kind of what I did. And I was just a football fanatic in general. I knew all I could I could tell you scores from when I was, you know, seven, eight years old games yeah. that I watched, um, you know, going back to the Bobby Bowden era and stuff. So um, that's kind of what really was the beginning of my you know love for the game. So. Is it good to know that Mark was not the Florida State play-by-play -play man, but he was the Miami Hurricanes play-by-play -play man back in the late 90s, early 2000s? Wow. You yeah. must have called some tremendous games then. Why write three? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. <laughs> that was before I really, you know, yeah. I, it was probably like 2002, 2003 was when I really started. Mm -hmm. um, right when the Hurricanes well, started to stink. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah. I remember At a Monday night game. I think the final score was like 10 to 7. It was like well, during Labor Day weekend. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. like, and, uh, it was one of those and everybody at Florida <laughs> talking about, look at this hard-hitting football. Yeah, everybody else yeah. throughout the country was like, it's 10-7. And that's when yeah. the network decided, you know what? We don't need this one on uh, prime time <laughs> yeah. Labor Day Chris Ricks was like, that, that yeah, was the yeah, Chris Ricks. Ricks. Yep. Ricks. Yes. Well, Florida State's finest. Travis Johnson, <laughs> former Seminole defender, is a big Texans ambassador, so you have a okay. chance to meet him. He was at a practice last week. Alex Bachman with us. You were with the Rams. I was. So tell us, how similar is this offense? Terminology, all of it. No one's listening. Just go ahead, lay it all out for us, <laughs> Alex. Uh, it, it is some similar in terms of I know, um, you know, for, in terms of the four hours with Shane and came from a similar background mm -hmm. as um, why am I blanking right now? Coach McVay. Yeah, Coach McVay. Um, yeah, and um, condensed formations, a lot of you know motions, movements, um, heavy, heavily involved run blocking in terms from a receiver. Um, so. That's all something I've I've enjoyed doing. I love being involved in the run game as long as well as the pass game, mm -hmm. um, and uh, a lot of the receiver positions positions are interchangeable. So it's not just outside and inside receivers. You right. got to be able to line up at anywhere, 
And you've seen that. I mean, Bobby, Coach Sloak coming from the 49ers, Debo Samuel, line up everywhere. Uh, you know, Juice lining up anywhere as a, a fullback. He'll line up in the slot as a receiver. Um, so you really you got to be able to provide a, a, a variety of, a, you know, a, ver a variety in terms of your skill set. Um, and I think I do that. And I think a lot of our guys are able to do that. So it, I think it just brings an exciting, you know, factor to the table in terms of our offense. Alex, I think people, you, you mentioned it a little bit. I want to hit on that. The outside versus inside thing. Everybody's, well, that guy's got to be an outside and that guy's got to be inside. There are nuances to both. For, from your perspective, what's the biggest difference between being outside and being inside from your perspective? Because you see all the traffic and chaos when you're inside. Outside, maybe you got a little bit more room, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, you're a little more confined in silence, et cetera. What is the difference in being interchangeable to go inside and outside? What's the difference between those two spots? Um, outside, you see a lot of just the super athletic guys that are just, just when you're one-on-one matchups. It's a lot more, I think, one-on-one. Yeah. Um, inside, when I first came into the league, um, actually, Joe Judge had this conversation with me that the slot position is pretty interesting because it takes an acclimation period and understanding of what the defense is trying to do. Um, so in terms of understanding uh, the, the coverage I'm going yeah. against, I think um, in terms of IQ, the highest IQ in terms of receivers are playing right. like the slot inside, position. Yeah. Um, just be able to think fast, understand what the defense is trying to do and use that against them. Um, that's why I study guys like, you know, when I first got in the league and had the opportunity to play with Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I talk to Danny Amendola all the time. Um, but just studying guys, you got obviously guys like Devontae Adams that can play anywhere, you know, Justin Jefferson inside, outside. Yeah. And I want to be able to do that too. Um, but I think there is a longer acclimation period in terms of understanding how to play the slot position rather than just going out to the outside, understanding just press release, winning one-on-one -on -one matchups. Alex, you've been in New York, been in L.A. You have your Florida State history. You're in Houston right now. Impressions of Houston, right in the middle of it all. What yeah. do you think? Well, I bought a house in Austin, Texas two years ago. Nice. And so it really? has been really nice just being able to uh, have that easy back and forth. Um, uh, you know, I originally came from California, but I just love the people in Texas. Um, you know, and I, I think there's a strong you know, football, it's almost religion out here. Mm -hmm. So they really uh, respect it. And um, just a tremendous opportunity. I was really excited when I had the opportunity to sign a Houston midseason last year. And then obviously when they decided to, to bring me back, um, it's nice that the uh, state income tax is at 0%. <laughs> <as well. laughs> that's good. Well, I mean, you would know after California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a little tougher yeah. on California. A little bit for different. Sure. A little bit different. <laughs> Alex, thanks a lot for joining yeah, us. Good thank luck you, to you so much for having me. Appreciate it. And Alex, we like our job. So you play football for as long as humanly possible big thanks to alex bachman thomas booker devin singletary roy lopez mark vandermeer all of you for listening we'll see you next time and as always go texans